Welcome to the All Things Security Podcast. I'm your host and face of ZK Tech USA, Joe Fried. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, the president of SRT Group, Mark Eckhart. Mark, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you, Joe, for having me in this wonderful establishment. Oh, yeah. We just moved into our new office here in Alpharetta. You've been in this office a few times. We're still uh, renovating it. But what do you think so far? Uh, it's come a long way um, from when I was here back in, I think it was October of last year. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's coming along great. Now it actually looks like an office. It looks like an office, of, yes. As opposed to a bunch of picnic tables. Yeah, a bunch of, yes, a bunch of picnic tables, and, you know, uh, it looks really good. I mean, it, it's, I can't wait to see the, uh, the new experience center when you get it done. So what is SRT Group? SRT Group stands for Security Research and Technology Group, and we're basically a think tank uh, in the, based in Atlanta, Georgia, and we take the security uh, products from manufacturers, and we then match those products to customers or, or solution specialists that work with customers. So we, we take a bunch of concepts that are coming up new to the market, we analyze them, we look at them, we adopt them, we learn them very well, and then we deploy those to customers and we try to fit the best product to the best needs. And what would a typical case maybe look like? A customer would come up to you saying, I need what exactly? We may have a customer that comes to us and says, look, we're looking for access control for our building. And um, they have no concept of how any of it works other than the fact that they know a term called access control. So we go in and we evaluate the building. We look at how many employees they have, what are their entry and exit structures are like, what fire control systems they have, um, how many employees they have in what departments, um, whether they run a typical nine to five operation, a 24 hour operation, or an international operation where people are coming and going um, all the time. We have a bioengineering firm that has uh, lab people that are in and out of their building 24 seven. And then we best match the level of security based on the uh, market trend and or requirements set forth by either a governing body um, to their budget. Um, and it may be a mix of traditional card access, bio access, smart card access, pin, finger, it could be any or all of the above, depending on how secure the building needs to be or the department. It's also, so yes. phones, cameras, phones, what cameras. might somebody come up to you and say, hey, I need to improve this particular system in my building. When we do, we also do full support of uh, SIP, uh, networking, video, data, cloud security. So we, we actually have to look at all of those components in the system um, because of the resources. So we often find that companies that are looking to implement a new technology may be operating on an infrastructure that's a better part of a decade old. Um, and we have to go in and say, look, we can install the new stuff, but it's not going to work to the capacity you want unless you upgrade your infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So then we have to look at upgrading their switches, their security gateways, their wireless access points, and, and so on and so on. And has there been a case that has been particularly labor-intensive where it's sort of encompassed all the different industries or all different categories? Yes. Can't think of one yet. Let's yes. get a case study. Yeah, we, 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 we had one. It was a, It's actually this bioengineering firm. And... They came to us with one request, um, which was for the biosecurity, and it turned into literally being literally everything, down to the user laptops, uh, as well as billboards. Um, we had to do billboards, and we knew nothing about billboards. Hmm. So we had to do digital billboards, design them, build them, have them manufactured, have them installed. So. It, what we turned out to be one thing that was supposed to take a month wound up taking a six-month project when they get done with the building. 
So it literally was everything. And how long have you been doing this? Since 2002. So somebody new to the industry, how would they keep up on current events? I mean, right now, Corona is huge. We have uh, trade shows canceled all across the country. Basketball has just been canceled. We were talking a little bit, yes. a little bit about this uh, yes. off mic. But how do you keep up with uh, current events in the industry or just industry news? Well, I think a lot of my peers obviously rely on, on social media. I, um, I don't get heavily involved into social media because it sucks me in and takes up a lot of my time. So I, I, I usually do a lot of my own scouring. I have a lot of different YouTube channels I keep up with mm -hmm. um, on this. I also, uh, there's some tech, digital tech media that I keep up with. You want to give a shout out to any of them? Um, Techdar is one of them that I use a lot. Um, it's basically, it's a search engine that specifically, you can put in certain uh, topics you want and it'll match that with a digital media platform that you like. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing uh, is really finding the time to do it. I probably dedicate about 15 hours a week, give or take, into just trying to keep up with what's coming out and what's what problems certain things are having, what's trending in certain markets, what's hot on the East Coast, what's not on the West Coast, um, you know, as well as the hype of newer technologies that are coming that may never emerge or have emerged that didn't really turn into anything. There's a lot of stuff out that, I think is out a little bit of ahead of its time, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but as a, as a whole, as far as the, the public and keeping up with everything, it's really difficult because there's so many different choices out there right now. And you've been in the industry for how long? And not just the security industry, but the networking industry, technology in general, for how long? I have been in the networking industry since about 91, back when... It was a very simplistic industry, and it was yeah. much, much simpler back then. So what would a site, what would a project look like back in 1991 versus what would a project look like in 2020? Oh, wow. Um, completely different. I mean, it would be, you'd be running probably coax to interconnect a lot of the computers back then versus, you know, either fiber or CAT6 now. Um you wouldn't need anywhere near the bandwidth requirements we have now. Mm -hmm. uh, the hardware obviously was much more antiquated, much more slower. Um, was there any kind of integration with access control and cameras, or were they always no. separate? Back in 91, the integration would have been probably at the highest point of a relay contact. Would have probably been the extent of most of the integration in 91. Um, as far as I'm aware, back then, we really didn't do any. Everything was separate. I mean, the software was... Um, very, very simplistic. Mm. Um, most of the time it locked up, especially the video software. Right. Uh, there wasn't video cards at that time. didn't have the capability of producing any kind of really good frame rates. And they really taxed the CPUs of the, of the PCs back then. Um, access control was, in many aspects, still does everything it does today. Um, it just did it in a much simpler, simpler platform. You didn't have many options. It was either in yes or in no. And maybe controlling an additional auxiliary relay. A relay, yeah. You could maybe control a light or a secondary door strike or maybe a notif remote notification thing, but they, it was nowhere where it is. Nowhere, no mobile apps, obviously. No there, were, well, there was no smartphones. Oh. Yeah. I mean, cell phones were, you know, we no just... No access in the software off no, network, nothing like that? No. Well, you, you, there was some of that. You could access the software off. There were some third-party applications that did allow you to remote access PCs, although they were antiquated, too, and half the time those locked up. Right. So, um, you know, it, it was a totally different time. It was much more frustrating. 
it is funny that you say it because, you know, we, we still have a lot of the same issues today as we did then. It just, everything moves 20 times faster now. Mm. So, and it does so much more. So keeping up with a lot of it is uh, much more taxing. Any, any talk of biometrics back in like 91 or the early 90s, mid 90s? We started ruling out, we had a, a national client um, in 90, no, I I'm sorry, I take that back. It was not, Yes, it was. It was 98 that really went crazy. They wanted fingerprint ID. Hmm. And back in 98, there were not a lot of manufacturers that were dealing with um, fingerprint ID. There were some out there, but not a lot of them. And they particularly found a company, and they were based in Singapore. I still have some of their units. And it was actually a really good unit. It did. It read HID cards. It had a pin reader and a finger. So you could do one or three different forms of verification. It was a small unit, and it worked really well. But you couldn't get it in this country. It had to be imported. Um, and we started deploying them from California all the way through to New York. And they did... Uh, you had the ability of networking them, but you had to buy a second piece, a networking module, to take it from 45 to TCPIP, mm -hmm. and then configure that module to the unit. Okay. And then that unit then communicated back to a network controller, which was the most antiquated thing on the planet. And then you had to upload the fingerprints on site. So back then in the early 90s, no. In the late 90s, it got more, it was much more popular. And then, um, it kind of weaned a little bit in the early 2000s. What about things like uh, facial recognition or finger vein? When did you start seeing those things? Um, facial recognition, we started getting the first request for that probably 2005. That would be my first guess. Uh, we did a lot of uh, handprint identification um, for um, financial and medical research labs. Uh, the, the five point handprint, but that fell away side in the mid 2000s too. But that's coming back because mm -hmm. it's gotten so much faster and the units are so much more economical now. But yeah, um, I'd well, say probably, yeah, late 2000s. Well, one thing about facial recognition right now that people might not be aware of but might, might be good to know is that it's a no touch biometric yes. solution. So, yes. tying back into the coronavirus, if someone wants the security of biometrics, but now there's all this more concern about people touching you know, the mm -hmm. same piece of glass or whatever it is. We have a no-touch biometric solution, so it's always good to offer. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why um, a lot of the, in, in digressing back to what you said, the, the fingerprint analogy was a lot of people wanted it, but I think the general public was um, a little standoffish because they were physically touching something. Mm -hmm. So, and, and they felt like they were leaving part of themselves behind. And it's so weird. People don't have a problem touching a steering wheel or touching no. a doorknob. It's just, it's, well, because it's a part of their idea. It's part of their ID. It's like part of their, they don't think about it. I mean, we touch, the average person touches well over 200 items a day that they leave their fingerprints on and nobody thinks about it. Right, exactly. Um, you know, our DNA is on probably 50 to 100 things a day. We don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but the facial recognition, the problem a lot of people don't realize is that it's happening to them every day, all day, and they don't even know. So, and in there, suddenly you draw attention to it and then I think, oh, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. I personally, I, I think, um, you know, the smartphones uh, from all the manufacturers obviously were in the headlines, you know, everyone, they started putting the unlockability in the phones. Right. And, and that's going to go a long way to have people accepted. Yes. You know, now that Apple has the facial yeah. recognition to unlock your phone or the fingerprint to unlock yeah. your phone, people are going to accept it a lot more. I think biometrics are going to become a lot more pervasive and you're going to see a lot more of it. 
Uh, projects. Yeah, I think it just has to be um, it has to be explained properly, right. and it has to be shown as, as as anything as the technology evolves. I mean, as a society, we have to constantly remember that we have to respect the devices that we create. Mm -hmm. We cannot let them control us. So, you know, we if we create something and we deploy it, we also have to be responsible enough to set forth the education to the public of what its abilities are and what its abilities are not. And, not, and what protections are built in yes, into it. possibly, you know, yes. stealing your fingerprint? Because that's really not an issue. No. But people, of course, understandably so, who are not educated about it, might think, oh, I'm putting my fingerprint in there. Now you have my fingerprint. You're going to go leave it at a crime scene or something like that. But, of course, that's not well, really that's a possibility. A True. But, you know, Hollywood has made that a really yeah. interesting case. But we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so what's what's the future right now for SRT Group? Um, well, we've got, uh, we're starting a new decade. So we've decided to leapfrog um, to a whole new bound where we're opening a new facility in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and it's, we hope it's going to be the second or third um, experience center for ZK Teco. Great. So we're going to be housing it as a ZK Teco house. Um, and we're going to be customizing, we're bringing our solutions to the Nashville area. Um, we're customizing it a little bit. We're going to make it specific to that clientele. And SRT Group services the entire country, Canada, Mexico? We service pretty much North America, uh, the Caribbean, and some parts in Central America. Um, Brazil, Costa Rica, um, um, parts of Mexico on the West Coast. But most of our, most of our clientele is in the U.S. and Canada. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, uh, how can they reach out? Um, you can reach me via email, which is markE at srtgroupsolutions.com, or they can reach us via the website, which is srtgroupsolutions.com. And where are you based out of? Where's your headquarters? We are based in Marietta, Georgia, here in Atlanta. Perfect. Yes. Mark, thanks again for joining us. I hope the listener found it informative, and we hope to see you next time. Well, thank you, Joe.